let's do it. Let's talk about bad dating stories. You happen to have, I happen to have a lot of crazy dating stories, and so do you. It's called um, being in your early 20s. And using dating apps. Yeah. Which I did find my future husband, my legit future husband, that's my fiance, <laughs> on a dating app. You did, actually. I'm I'm very, very proud and very surprised, but yes. <laughs> After one of my best friends from high school, she told me, you're never going to find the love of your life on a dating app. You need to stop. <laughs> I said, fuck you. You also (laughs) had a house full of men try and tell you that you can't. That I can't date on a dating app as they are cheating on their girlfriend of five years every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know if we should put that in there. Maybe we can. Oh, I don't want to get fired. Why would I get fired? I don't want to get canceled. We we're gonna leave this in. Um, yeah. Or or there was one other person who had literally the biggest gallon of lube I've ever seen in my goddamn life in his room. Oh, yeah. How did you get stuck in that living situation? <laughs> I'll let the silence answer for itself. Okay, so where do we I want don't to start? Know. Do we want to start with one-liners and then go into oh my God. more stories? Sure. Okay, here's a one-liner for all you listeners. <laughs> I once had a guy that ruined my surprise birthday party. <laughs> I forgot about this! Because I would not go out on a date with him. Yeah, literally, I'd planned this entire goddamn <laughs> birthday party. Like, I had planned it with, like, some of my friends, some of her friends, like, had planned this whole fucking elaborate birthday party that she didn't know about and had, like, low-key tried to invite this guy. Or no, no, no. No, he was just happened to be there. He, he just happened himself. to be there. and he, Oh, that's right. He invited himself. I didn't even invite him. And he, like, <laughs> looks at her and goes, and, like, she wouldn't date him. So she was, like... I, I think he was like trying to like hit on her or something and she was just like no and he goes by the way we have a birthday t- party tonight at like seven o'clock have yeah. fun no, no no he goes have fun at your birthday party and I turned to him <laughs> and I was like are you fucking kidding me right now talk about a small oh. ego small other things as well um yeah oh god what would my one liner be <laughs> I have so many terrible ones you um, have dated well, you unknowingly dated people that you just realized that you actually had a romantic relationship with. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. So there, there's these two people in my life um, that were in my life. <laughs> They're not. Anymore. Hold up. Don't freak Maddie out. Other Maddie. Girlfriend Maddie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Maddie squared. <laughs> um, so I just realized that like... <laughs> I have dated two people in my life, uh, put all the emotional labor and time and physical affection. Oh, I didn't fuck them, but like, <laughs> Jesus like- <laughs> we're going to take that out. <laughs> no, we're not. You're not going to take that out. All the physical affection, but I like didn't sleep with them. It's just like, they cuddled with me. They would like make excuses like, oh, the TV's broken. We have to watch TV on my bed. And I'd be like, bitch, I bought the TV. I should know what works. <laughs> and like all this stuff. And I just, I don't know. I'm awkward. I had no idea. I didn't know I was gay at the time. I didn't know. How? So I don't know. I don't know. I like his <laughs> eyes, his attitude. <laughs> what else do I say about a man? It's like that one Reddit post that is like, 
you can't be a lesbian who will open jars for you and it's like that's the only thing her mom could come up with that men do um it, it is helpful just get a very very strong lesbian to do it for you there you go well unfortunately i don't have a choice and I'm straight. <laughs> oh you poor thing um but yeah so basically uh yeah so put in all the like emotional labor time all this stuff like literally would bring they would bring me presents i would bring them presents like all this stuff we would like do all this stuff together we would like go to movies together we would like hang out together and chill together and all this stuff uh two separate women i might add the first one is now married um uh, to a an, person a random guy that like everybody <laughs> in college had a crush on not me i just know that's super clear no I'm, you're like, <laughs> the only person that did not no no no, no. everybody uh liked this guy and the girl just said sure when he asked her out now they're married and have a kid um or no she's pregnant she hasn't had the kid yet but then i have this other person that i dated um who everybody like had a huge crush on except for maddie of course but everybody seemed to really really like her a lot and like she's very pretty she's very pretty she is but just mm, it's kind of that pretty like hotness to craziness ratio where it's like she's really pretty but you can tell she's really fucking crazy (laughs) fun um (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not that's a ratio i've come across many times in my life um to where the point now that i found a beautiful woman and i'm still waiting for the craziness uh i'm still sketched out from time to time and i'm like craziness in my relationship (laughs) me i'm just like the ADD squirrel brain that's constantly running around and has no idea what the fuck is going on, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, so basically same thing, same, all the emotional labor, um, all of like all this stuff. And then I just like jealousy fights. Oh my God. Out. Yes. We, oh my God. <laughs> there was so much jealousy there. Like it was bad. And I was just kind of like, why though? I was confused. I'm like, I thought y'all were friends. I was like, me too, bitch, but apparently not. Everybody thought we were dating. Um, Except for me, but... True. Because you're like, oh, God, no, please don't. I kind of of thought, but then I I thought it was going to end there. But it never even went there. It really didn't. And I was really shocked. But like, yeah, I was weird. Like when I broke up, it would be like, if they broke up with somebody, it would be them coming to like my couch in the middle of the night. And then if I broke up with somebody, it would be me going to their couch in the middle of the night. And yeah, it was kind of weird. It was really weird. It was weird. But like, yeah, see, yeah. Now I just find it funny. I really don't give a fuck. Like, I genuinely hope they're both doing okay. But like, I don't. It's kind of like, uh, therefore I am by Billie Eilish. It's like, um, <laughs> you just have a blank look on i know <laughs> i should have at the lyric it's um i think therefore i am no it's so go have fun i really couldn't care less and you can give them my best but just know i'm not your friend or anything damn Shit. yeah right it's so direct it's just perfect it's the type of thing where yeah i don't really even think of them i don't even think of either one of them anymore but I see like Facebook updates and I'm just like, what happened to you? Or I'll see like tweets and I'm like, are you good? Like, are you good? 
But then I'm like, I'm not that friend anymore. I'm not like that mom friend anymore. That's like, hi, don't do drugs and go on the roof of a building. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm not that mom. I uh, like I'm that mom friend to a lot of other friends. But like, yeah, that was one of my one liners. Well, let's bring up more shit. Oh, no, this is like a therapy session. Glad I took my medicine. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when you're best friends and having matching mental disorders. Wait, what? I remembered Peter Stop Pan. it. <laughs> oh, God. Can I please roast him for our listeners? Please do. Okay, so the reason we call him Peter Pan is this dude kind of reminds us of uh, Peter Pan once upon a time. He looked just like him. He does, actually. He did. Now he has like an ugly ass beard. Anyway, go ahead. I don't know what he looks like. He had a random ass fiance. <gasps> I forgot about this. <laughs> from another country that he had met twice. Oh my god! Oh my I god! Forgot he about could be this. On TLC. <laughs> Ninety Day Fiance. Hello. Yes, he's the next big in the creepy ass. Yeah. Now they're uh, divorced. I think. I didn't know they got married. Green card, baby. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> this, yes. I don't even want to say man. He looked, child. Yeah, he looked like a child. He acted Infant. like a child. If it. Yes. Talks, walks, it is. Anyway. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I don't even remember much about him except he was a dick. <laughs> and that he looked like Peter Pan. He, yeah, he's a terrible he person. And he date with you when he was engaged. Oh, right. I forgot about that. We like went on like an eight hour date. It was like a lesbian date where you spent like eight <laughs> hours with the person. Me with Brandon. Me with Maddie. Like honestly uh Brandon could have murdered me and no one would have known that's the scariest <laughs> thing oh look at that smile look at look at He's that like, look I at that smile have <laughs> Fuck. this is a different podcast we're on <laughs> anyway um this is why i thought he'd murder me so apparently <laughs> i thought it was worth it i just decided to meet brandon at like 10 p.m Oh my um, god! I was pissed. You didn't know. No, no, no. I know when you finally told me, and I was like, "You're lucky. He's like great." Nobody knew that I was meeting this man I'd never met before at 10 p.m. on Belmont's dead summer campus. Um, and because I thought, <laughs> can you hear the tea? Because I thought, like, I didn't think it was a bad idea until <laughs> he was already there. And was walking my direction. So then I texted him, I hope you're not a serial killer. Yeah, that'll help. Especially, but I did have him meet me right next to Belmont Police's office, which they wouldn't have helped me. They never helped me. <laughs> ever. Not once. Oh my god. I might have to cut like the name of the police department out just because I don't want to be I like... Belmont's <laughs> Oh fuck yeah, you did. It's all roast It's Beepo. fine. Anyway, I love Beepo, but yeah, no, they wouldn't have done shit. They would have been like, "Goodbye." <laughs> I know they would have been like, "Good luck." Wow, he's uh, she's unconscious and he's dragging her down the street. What a nice friend. But you know, sometimes you gotta risk it for a six foot tall for a biscuit. Guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not specifically southern, but I don't know. He had a nice accent. He still does. He didn't lose it. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is devolving very quickly. Um, but, I mean, it was fine. I lived. We talked for <laughs> I would like hope so. eight hours. And then he accidentally told me that he loved me. <laughs> Aww. Um, 
I didn't know it was on the first date. Yeah, it was right after I told him a story about some creepy guy telling me that he loved me, and now I was freaked out. <laughs> I didn't know the guy, and then ten minutes later, he walked me to my dorm building and was like, "Good night, I love you." Oh, that's kind of sweet though. And See, then he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> and then he well, he didn't me. run far because he's still here. <laughs> he texted me from his car. He was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I'm such an idiot." Like, Aww. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> like, uh, please see me again. That's so cute, though. See, my girlfriend and I said it at the exact same time. She got a look on her face, and I was about to say it. So I looked at her and I said, What? And she was like, No. And I was like, What? She was like, No. And I was like, Say it. Say, what are you thinking? She's like, No. And then finally, we both said, I love you at the same time. Aww. It was really cute. Well, he told me that. And then what was funny is the whole night, I was like, This guy is a player. He's so attractive. Oh. He knows how to talk. He literally said, I'm He so- knows how to talk? I would <laughs> hope so. <laughs> like, you know, like, he literally, like, said, like, I'm so happy. It never- like, we talked about people, like, crazy people we went on dates with. And he said, I'm so happy it never worked out with anyone else. Who says that the first time you meet someone? And then he kissed me. That's just, that's just called being nice. <laughs> we no, never no, no, met. no. No, 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 I'm teasing. And I was like, he's a player. Then he accidentally said, I love you. I thought, maybe he's not a player. He also <laughs> said, I'm going to delete all my dating apps as soon as I get home. I, dumb, I me being a dumbass, <laughs> deleted all mine. Next date we have, he's getting all these damn notifications for dating apps. Oh. Me being me, which I cannot believe I did this still to this day. I said, I'll delete them for you. I deleted all of his dating apps on his phone. That's a power move it. right there. Um, But... I didn't delete the account, and so he oh, okay. roasts me for that now. He's like, I had to re-download all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. See, I got a text uh, that was like, Madeline, someone's trying to log into your Tinder account <laughs> on my phone. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so literally someone was trying to log into her account. And then they were trying to log into my account. And I was like, I don't even know I still had an account. She didn't know she still had an account. So we're like, what the hell? So we went on together, and we're like okay (laughs) yeah um i was dumb every time i met a guy that i liked i would delete all my dating apps and guess what they would always be dating other people and i was unemployed oh my god can we i want to talk about modern dating for a second i i don't get it i don't understand talking to two people at the same time like okay this is gonna sound terrible but i was technically doing that when i met my girlfriend but like here's the thing is i was talking to her and then i was talking to somebody who i thought was a friend and so I was like talking to this person and then literally years later <laughs> I finally texted them and we're like were you actually hitting on me and they're like yeah and I was like I am so sorry and now we're good friends so I was like I had no clue but I don't get like purposely talking to like multiple people at the same time like that I don't I can't keep track I don't get it <laughs> well okay I get it I understand okay. why people do it I am not brained that way. I I guess I'm a little naive. I am like, I either am in love with you first day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I don't like you at all. <laughs> and so it's like, and then I'm like all or nothing with one person. So I'm dumb and I delete all my apps and I stop talking to everybody else. And then I'm the fool at the end of the day. Well, not at the end of the day, because now I guess I'm getting married, but... <laughs> I don't know, though, because like that's that's kind of how I am. I feel like that's just dating apps in general. Like 
I mean, so, I'm a hopeless romantic, so... Me too. I, I don't know. Except, with the caveat, I guess I did talk to people when I liked somebody else, but in hindsight, like, I only realized I liked that person in hindsight. I respect that. I get that. It's, like, it's a weird thing, because it's, like, a couple of my friends are in, like, polyamorous, like, relationships, which, I like... I'm a jealous bitch. Same. Like... <laughs> I respect it, but, like, my brain literally cannot comprehend how that works. No, because I I need, like, your whole focus, your attention, but then I don't. I'm like, I'm like a cat. Like, leave me the hell alone. (laughs) I want to do my own thing. But then when I want attention, please give me attention. I feel that. Well, it's it's this type of thing where, like, and, like, I do want to preface, we're not, like, slamming on polyamory or nothing of that. You do you. Whatever works for you. Oh, yeah. As long as everyone's, like, consenting adults, you're totally fine. But, like, I just... I don't know why my brain just like cannot figure it out. Like, I don't know how that works. Like, where are the lines drawn? Or like, how do you know that person's always going to come back to you at the end of the day? Like, yeah. you're like one person where you guys like branch out and have different lines. Like, I mean, maybe, I mean, again, I am not the, uh, I do not claim to be an expert on polyamory. Um, I, I don't, I just know I have a lot of friends that are polyamorous, which is totally okay. Um, but yeah, so it's just that type of thing where I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, because like I'm willing to throw away everything. Well, not everything, not myself or anything or my friends, but or my family. But I'm like willing to throw other people to the side for one person that I think is great. Yeah, I mean, luckily, what happened with me and Maddie, my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I know about eight Maddies right now. Um. So Maddie one is my best friend and then maddie square just like which the, is so funny to me that like you live with her you've been in a long-term relationship have dogs together and she's maddie number two <laughs> and I well, it's like chronological <laughs> order is like what i go in you also got mad when i called her maddie once once so i said so now i say maddie squared just call me, hey bitch <laughs> <laughs> hey dick no um hey, mk diamond there you go that sounds extra there you it's amazing um so yeah so my girlfriend maddie um i like wasn't dating anybody at the time she wasn't really dating anybody at the time we had matched on a dating app like two years before or three years and just like both deleted the apps because we we're like over it and yeah I did that like five times and then went back because i'd get bored <laughs> that's a mood i mean now like i kind of wish like Obviously not that I would like be on it actively dating, but I just kind of miss seeing like the crazy profiles or like the weird ass profiles or like things oh, that people so would many. put. That's why I love following She Rates Dogs. Oh my God. Yes. Like there's just so many, um, just, I have so many screenshots of just so many different people's profiles. I had one chick message me. This is the first ever dating app I was on. And she messaged me and said, I am trying to find my wife. And I was like, goodbye. (laughs) I was like, uh, she was like, had been to prison apparently had like many tattoos and like barely spoke English. She spoke like only Russian. And I was just like, what is happening right now? (laughs) I met one of my best friends at the time. On oh, day yeah. Day. That's um, right. He doesn't talk to me anymore. But, well, oh. Not like that. I mean, it makes sense. We don't really talk anymore. No, he's no, married. I'm excusing. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been married I remember for him. like almost a year. Oh, wow. Congrats. I didn't know that. Yeah. I remember him. Um. So basically, here's the story. 
Well, <laughs> actually, there's a lot of stories about him, which is so oh. funny. And I will tell you them. So, I was in my hometown, which is about an hour away from Indiana University. And I was on dating apps at the time. There was this guy that had hopeless romantic in his bio. I was like, and a guitar. I was like, cool. We might get along. <laughs> so I swiped. <laughs> Not Mexican food or all the ways to kidnap Maddie. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool. And so we matched and he went to IU and we like started talking, kind of vibing. And then we were planning a date for like that next weekend or something. Which I can't believe I was like going to date somebody in Indiana living in Tennessee. Dumbass. Oh, yeah. But whatever. And then all of a sudden he texts me. He's like, I'm going to try to get back together with my ex-girlfriend. Oh. And I was like, okay, good luck. <laughs> like, bye. You're like, goodbye. So guess what? A week later, he starts texting me again. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, he goes, that didn't work out. What about that date? And I said, I am no one's second choice. Oh, okay. I said that a lot in that year of my life that I dated. I respect that. A lot of people. I like that, though. Um, And he's like, I was like, but if you want to be friends, we can be friends. Thinking, this person is never going to talk to me again. No, we were friends. We became friends. Like, good friends. I remember this. He was actually kind of sweet. I know. We'd like FaceTime, Snapchat, talk about dating. It was horrible. Talk about... <laughs> talk about it, like a ton of different life things good friends whatever um i don't know he was nice and then the i guess let me let me just finish the story of who he is and then i'll tell you something funny that happened so then it's like weird it's like kind of more than friend but never official and then we're like dating other people he meets somebody Future wife. <laughs> oh. Do you remember this? I feel like you remember this. I don't know if I do. He's like, I'm going to end up marrying this girl. I've told her about you, which to me was really Oh, odd. right. I was like, why was there like a whole conversation? I was like, is this dude me? okay? Yeah, I remember this. And I was like, cool. Then we're riding an Aces Jeep. Right after he tells me this, teardrops on my guitar by Taylor Swift comes on. <laughs> I start crying. I remember this. I didn't know what to do. I felt so bad. I liked him. I remember that. And I didn't know it until then. But, obviously, things work out as they should. Definitely. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I gotta act like I don't like him. Like I didn't just make this realization. Cool. Whatever. Then... <laughs> <laughs> and then comes handsome from my dreams six foot Brandon if I could have built a boyfriend like build a bear this was this man <laughs> you need to write that song please that would be funny that'd be amazing don't steal my idea you little assholes <laughs> anyway he comes into my life and then I go, I hang out with him for the first time. I text this guy. I almost said his name. Oh, God. <laughs> He'll never listen to this. I'm podcast. already having to edit so much. No, I'm kidding. His wife, they're like listening. Oh, Maddie has a new podcast. They're listening in the car. Like, all of this, like, says his fucking name. She's like, I knew it. 
why did there have to be a separate conversation for just this friend? <laughs> Your special <laughs> Which friend. Which still makes no sense to me. Anyway, I text him about meeting Brandon and he goes, do you think he's the one? Oh. Which is so weird. Oh. And I was like, I don't know. Garrett, why are you putting this on me? You just said his name. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Fuck it. Leave it in. No, no, no. Say that line again. I can't even remember what. I don't know. Just leave it in. I don't care. Oh, my God. <laughs> he would know from all these stories. He's not going to listen to this podcast. Nobody even knows who this is. True. <laughs> even ever meet him in person <laughs> which little bitch ass told me he was gonna invite me to his wedding i never got an invitation oh anyway how awkward would that be though <laughs> exactly i'm glad i didn't it's like you're the other woman not the other woman well, i was never the other woman well, no, no no i just mean like it's like this weird like i know it's i don't like, know that's uh, weird that's like the weirdest relationship thing I've that's a lesbian ever. thing right there it's like you that you dated somebody and you didn't know <laughs> <laughs> like, we dated and had no idea look if i say those two like fuckers names everybody knows who they are i know so Me, no yeah he'll never listen to this it's fine anyway he texts me or yeah he texts me do you think he's one i'm like i don't know okay i just met this man um don't put those thoughts in my head I already kind of think like that. Don't do this. Thing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so he's married to the person now, and I'm getting married to my person. Oh, but, who is not paying attention right now? No, he's like at all. No, he literally called me out. <laughs> he called me the fuck out one time. He said, "You used to like him, didn't you?" And I said, "Oh, no." <laughs> He's like, don't I know. I was like, fine. I guess I did. See, but I, I didn't know that I liked him until I was too late, which, thank God, that would not have worked out. No. Um, But funny story, sidebar about him. Um, he, Me and him connected because we both had like a very similar high school sweetheart story where we both were like, damn. Oh, yeah. We gave our all for these people we dated for years, and they were batshit crazy at the end. Well, yes. funnily enough, if anybody that knows my story, I don't know. If you don't know my story, listen to my song called Miss Hollywood. Just say and then you'll understand the context of what yes. I'm saying next. I had friends from high school that pretty much ditched me and said, get the hell out of this town. Never come back. And anyway, they were kind of nuts. And he had this nuts ex-girlfriend. So my friends and ex-boyfriend like became friends, even though they hated each other. Long story. Um, and they like took a picture together and I was upset, which nobody ever knew because fuck it. Anyway, I was upset. <laughs> so I texted him the picture and he goes, that's so-and-so. I said, excuse me? How do you know so-and-so? Let's say her name's Linda. How do you know <laughs> Linda? And he goes, that was my crazy ex's best friend at their university. Oh. We laughed for like a freaking hour because we're like, of course. Of course they are. So, yeah. Damn. And I have had some weird instances. Oh, my God. We've had some crazy ass stories. Okay. So, we are back with a guest. Um, We're back with Grace O'Shea, uh, who uses she, her pronouns. Yay. We're excited to talk to you, Grace. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for asking me on. 
Totally. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us on this crazy podcast. So, <laughs> but yeah, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your story, where you come from, everything. All yeah. Things. So all the things, all the things, it's going to take a while. Um, let's see. So I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from a town called Milton, just like 20 minutes south of Boston. And I moved to Nashville. Yeah. I moved to Nashville in 2017 um, to go to Belmont. Awesome. So I've been here for what, almost four years now because I'm graduating in, it would usually be May. It's April because we have a condensed semester. um, (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Which is crazy. Um, You know, it's (laughs) COVID, um, COVID college. So that's maybe not the best senior year, but it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I've been here for like four years now, and I plan on staying here for quite a bit. I really love Nashville, um, and I moved here to pursue music, and that's what I'm doing now. So it seems like it's kind of working out. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I love it, Jinx. I love it so much. <laughs> that's so cool. I uh, I remember meeting you at um, Hen House, actually. I think, Ace, I met you, gosh, I mean, I must have been a sophomore then, because um, that, that was when I started it. Um, yeah. So you know claire yes i do uh so yeah 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 claire, claire uh what is her last name i feel so bad her, her last her last name is bit of gary curtis it's very long oh wow um, so <laughs> you usually we just we usually just say bc um so <laughs> yeah. she and i yep but yeah, no, she, she and i hurt. yeah claire's awesome um i knew her from playing ultimate frisbee actually oh, um wow. <laughs> i didn't know that. <laughs> yeah yeah so i the reason that happened was that when I came to college, um, I played like a bunch of sports in high school and I really wanted to play club soccer, but Belmont doesn't have club soccer, but they do have ultimate frisbee. So I, I kind of joined by accident. Um, I was going to work out one day in fit rec, me and my friend, and there was a literal tornado going on my freshman year. Oh my God. <laughs> nice. No, like a literal tornado. And we were like, Oh, we're bored. We've been cooped up. Let's go work out at fit rec, which is insane. But we did that, and we <laughs> happened. Yeah, we happened to run into um, this girl who our leader became friends with, and she invited us to play ultimate frisbee. And I have now been doing it for like four years. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, that's a weird fun fact. Um, it's really fun. I met a lot of friends through it. One of them was Claire. Um, so she is two years older than me and went through Belmont as an audio engineering major. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, cool. And one time we were driving to a tournament and I had previously in high school done an entire research project on women in audio. Oh, and wow. Nice. Yeah. Like the disparities that they face. Um, it's just a hugely male dominated field. Um, if people don't know that some of the fast facts, um, I mean like 95% of all sound engineers are male. Yeah. I knew that. I think fact. maybe, I think 98% of producers, it's pretty crazy. Um, and there's, I think there's been a lot more platforms bringing that to light, but when we started it, there was not a lot of awareness at all. So we're on the way to a tournament. We're talking about that. And essentially the two of us were like, let's do something about it instead of just sitting around and bitching about it. So (laughs) it's pretty crazy. And there's, I think there's been a lot more platforms bringing that to light, but when we started it, there was not a lot of awareness at all. So we're on the way to a tournament. We're talking about that. And essentially the two of us were like, let's do something about it instead of just sitting around and bitching about it. Um, So (laughs) I really loved running it. I eventually stopped doing it so that I could pursue my own music. Um, But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what she does in the future. 
Um, I know it's been a little on hold, obviously, with the last year being what it is. But yeah, I'm excited to see what she does with it. But it was a really cool part of my life for a year and a half. Um, I mean, I ran a company as a 20 year old. <laughs> I got to yeah, meet some really super cool people. Impressive. Yeah. It, it didn't feel as big at the time as I know it was, if that makes sense. Like, totally. it was what I was doing. So it felt normal. And now I look back on it and I'm like, wow, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it um, definitely, definitely was like, super um amazing and like super helpful really to me uh in general because i remember i want to say i got coffee with claire and we were just kind of hanging out and then i think she asked me to be the engineer or one of the two engineers at a hen house show and so i was like hell yeah i will be and so it was it was honestly one of the best times i've had i mean it was great i got to set up i think i actually engineered your set if i remember correctly you did. And I yeah. think that was why you ended up asking me to be a part of the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I that's remember, cool. I um, at the, or like we met up at the, um, I think it was like a social the mixer. or something. Yeah, the mixer, which was so yeah. cool. Also, like it was like an industry professional mixer, which was so much fun. I miss yeah. those. I miss those yeah. so right? much. I know. Gosh, that was about a year ago. yeah yeah, um no i mean i just thought i thought you were super cool um i had fun like engineering your set and like you had if i remember correctly you had an upright bass uh which i actually had never like mixed with before so i was like ah yeah so that was my friend ian um i met him i met him in one of my first classes at belmont ever my like survey of music business class um and i always kind of joke with him that at first we like really butted heads um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this guy's so annoying. But then I don't really know what happened. It just, <laughs> we just became friends. And I was like, I love him. He's great. And I don't really, yeah, I don't really know what the switch was, but maybe it was when I asked him to play bass for me. I don't know. Maybe I heard him play bass and I was like, oh, <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> he's, he's really great. He's, yeah, he's really funny. I think I, I had to get used to his sense of humor, but um, yeah, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, so he was playing, he was playing upright and He's really talented. And what I love about the upright bass is that, so he will kind of saw on the sadder songs and it sounds beautiful. So one of the songs actually that I'm putting out, it's called Blinked. And Ooh. I remember the first time we played with him, like playing Boeing on the upright. I was like, oh my God, we need to put a string sex on this song. Like I knew. That's um, amazing. That's awesome. So, Wait, let's. Yeah, let's he, talk he was about really great. Song, um, actually, yeah. So by the time this podcast is uh, out, your song will already have been out. So for a couple, weeks it will now, actually. So yeah, talk about it. I wanna, I wanna hear more about it. Yes, please tell us yeah. all the juicy details. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so it's called blinked. Okay. Um, the hook and the chorus is, I guess I blinked and woke up in this dream where you've become my everything. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, nice. Yeah, so... (laughs) That that, that makes makes me feel really good because I paused for a second and I was like, wow, I really hope they react because (laughs) I wrote that in um, 2019 because, let's see, that was the summer after my sophomore year of college. It was my first summer alone in Nashville. Not like... I mean, I had roommates and friends, but like, I, I feel like the first time you live by yourself without your parents and you're not in school, like for a summer or something like that is 
incredibly transformative. Yes, it um, is. I agree. I think you learn a lot about yourself. I think that you have to be really independent and you grow up a lot. And I didn't expect that to happen because I was like, oh, like I've been living at school for two years. I'm fine. It's just super different. Um, a little more, there's less people around. I mean, I had friends that were there for the summer, but yeah, it was like the first time I was really on my own. I felt like, and I felt like more of an adult. Now I look back and I'm like, nah. but at the time, like it's, it's huge. yeah. Yeah. So, and I was writing a lot that summer. Um, and I think it was because I was feeling really introspective um, and feeling like I was growing up a lot at the time. So yeah, Blink is essentially the story of not realizing that you like somebody until you really like somebody. Um, oh my and that, God. that definitely happened for me because I had, I mean, I had no idea. Like I was just like, Oh yeah. Like, friends like no big deal and then uh all of a sudden I was like oh wait and then I mean of course you kind of are able as a songwriter you can kind of elaborate on anything yeah um so you know sometimes I can write a really deep lyric like that and it's like was it that intense Eh, I don't know um (laughs) but but I'm sure gonna write it like it was um so yeah the whole idea behind blinked is just um yeah, like that's one of the lines in it is like the crazy thing is I didn't see it happening. Um, Absolutely. So that's, it's just, that's yeah, beautiful. it's just about, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's about really having no idea and being kind of knocked on your ass and <laughs> figuring that out and being like, all right, so here's where I am. Uh, didn't see this coming. What do I do now? And the, the bridge of the song, um, it was really cool. So my producer produced this project <laughs> You know, do you know Ray? Yes, I love her. Okay, so her name is Rayanna Vandermark. Um, she's in my grade at Belmont. She's incredible. She's um, such a good guitarist, I, too. Oh my god, I know. And I, let's see, I had a couple classes with her. We actually went through audio one together, which really bonded us. Um, oh, I oh, bet. Yeah. <laughs> it was Any audio class in, bonds you. <laughs> uh, and listen, it was an 8 a.m. four days a week. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like half asleep when we'd be like, hey, you ready to learn? That's <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it was us and then our friend Alex, too. Um, and so I got to know her through just going to class together. And then she posted a video on Instagram of her playing guitar. And I was like, oh my God, this girl is so good. And why have I not? heard of her almost because I feel like at Belmont you kind of hear about people who are really good um but she I don't know I had never heard her or heard of her before and I was like this must be a like am I missing something like why isn't everyone asking her to play for them because she's that good um so I was like I'm gonna ask her to play with me but I was like hey um I have a gig at Boulevard Records this is like such a Belmont thing I have a gig (laughs) at Boulevard Records um would you like maybe want to play guitar on it? She's like, Oh my God. Yeah, sure. And then from then on, I mean, she sounded awesome on it. I also had Ian play yeah. at that show. And I was like, cool. So like, I kind of feel like I have a band. Um, this is awesome. And yeah, then we were just kind of friends. Like, and then when it came around to recording, she actually approached me and was like, Hey, um, I know you've been kind of wanting to record stuff for a while. Can I like make an album with you? And I was like, 
Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, like, of course. And she was like, yeah, because she's an audio engineering major. And she was like, I would love to have something for a portfolio if you would want to record your stuff. And I was like, um, like, I've literally been wanting to record music forever. So that's not a hard question. That's so amazing. this is all talking about the production of Blink, but I had to give her her credit where it's due. So um, are we going to hear that later in the podcast, you think? Yes, um, we will. Um, I'm very excited for people to be hearing this song. Um, most of my songs have been living mostly in my head forever. I understand so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's a very surreal feeling. I don't know, I've been writing since I was, what, 13? Um, so I'm incredibly like so ready for people to hear them, yeah, but I'm so it's also like it's so I can't really believe it's happening, kind of thing. Um, and yes. I mean, it's not like a major, it's not like a major like speech or anything, but I'm like, people are still gonna be able to like Google me and then it's gonna pop up, and like that's so cool. But it is major, <laughs> like, you need to respect the pro like the whole process because it's easy for us to do that because we're around people like Keith Urban, Taylor Swift, all these people. Like it is a big deal to release. That's true. Your yeah, own true. song. And we Yeah, and we put a heck of a lot of work into this. Oh, I'm sure. Exactly. Huh? It's hours of work. Yeah. Your like yeah. feelings with writing it, trying to romanticize, you know, this relationship into a song is hard enough, but putting it out there and letting people read your diary kind of is basically scary. It's, it's scary and freeing and a huge deal. <laughs> you know what corny quote I always think of whenever I either like share something or play a song live? What? <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> Do you guys know that song? Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on recording. You know that song Breathe? Bye. Yes. Calls me. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. So. <laughs> In the third, the third verse is um. Feel like me, I'm naked um, in front of a crowd. In front of a crowd, yeah. Because yeah. these words in my diary, screaming out loud, oh and I'm God. like, girl, yeah. Like I realize that song is so overplayed. That line gets me every time. Yeah, it's honestly, so good, <laughs> it really does. But yeah, talk about like your your writing experience because you mentioned you've been writing since you were what did you say thirteen? Yeah. That's insane. Um, awesome. Yeah. So it's it's really funny because writing, uh, it's not something I ever tried to do. I just always kind of did it. Um, when I, I always used to write a lot of poetry and stuff. Um, okay. Even before I played guitar, I would write in the margins of my notebook, just random little things. And I kind of had song ideas, but I didn't have any way to translate them because I didn't play music at that. So that was in like earlier middle school, I would say sixth grade, seventh grade. And um, I was a huge, still am a huge Taylor Swift. Fan. Yes. Um, <laughs> My people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really actually do owe her like everything. Um, oh, me too, I understand. I think there's so many yeah, people like, that are like us that are going into the industry because of her influence, yes. which is insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like in a, in a, like in a very real, like visceral way, like she has impact. I yes. mean, when I was, when I was in sixth, when I was in sixth grade, this is, this is kind of cute. It's kind of sad, but I had a little, one of the iPods. I, I don't remember like a nano or something, or a, but I like begged for a, like a year. I was like, can I please have an iPod? 
And I remember my brother was like, Grace, what would you even listen? And I was like, I listen to music. And he was like, you listen to the same, you listen to Fearless. Like, that's all you listen to. And I was like, damn, that's not true. And so I finally get the iPod. I finally get the iPod Nano. I finally get it. And um, I downloaded Fearless onto it. And I listened to it every night going to sleep. I just wanted it so that I could have headphones in. So I could listen to it when I fall asleep. (laughs) And that that really was the only thing. And then actually there were two other songs. And this is amazing. So my friend growing up, like my best friend who lives across the street, we were both huge Swifties. um, And her mom, I think she went to these like really intense like yoga classes or something, some kind of exercise class. She was very fit. And um, she came home one day and she was like, oh, um, this gay couple gave me this Lady Gaga CD. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> we're like, what? And she was like, I don't know. It's called Fame Monster. Do you guys want it? And we were like, oh my God, wait, Lady Gaga, she's cool. So um, my iPod Nano was Fearless by Taylor Swift and only Trust Dance and Poker Face. That's iconic, that's though. Amazing. That was it. And I think that's pretty great. I, I don't know why I didn't. I think the other songs kind of scared me. I was only like 11. That's but. See, that's kind of weird. I like, my parents would never allow me to listen to Lady Gaga when I was a kid. Um, oh, that's so sad. And then, yeah. So then going forward, because they're like, she's weird. And then going forward, they like still kind of don't like her, but they're just kind of like, okay, it's fine. Well, I won uh, tickets to see her in Vegas, and which was wild. Whoa. Which like, it was crazy. Um, And so my parents are like, hey, like, we don't really want to go. They're pit tickets, which is like crazy. Yes. And they were like, yeah, Maddie went with me. Yeah. Yes, I went, I went with them. In Mm -hmm. Vegas, Gaga comes down from the ceiling. And so my parents literally were face to face with fucking Lady Gaga. And she's like talking to them. And my parents are awkwardly like, okay. And And your mom's like, you turned my child gay. I should have said that. But like, uh, and my parents were like, you would never imagine there were so many just like gay men that knew all the choreography up here. And I was like, do do you realize what show you're at? Like... (laughs) So when you said that, that's what it reminded me of. Um, but that's so funny. That's really funny. That's great, though. So uh, Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga on your uh, iPod. iPod shuffle. Yeah. Nano. I, I didn't know. Generation. Well, <laughs> I didn't have, like, money at the time because I was 11. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I couldn't buy anything on iTunes, so I only had my CD. I listen to Taylor Swift every night and um, those I hearing her sing those songs made me want to be able to tell my own story. Um, so I really wanted to play the guitar for a couple years. And I, I don't think I ever like explicitly said that. Like, I think I might've been like, Oh, maybe I'll play guitar, but it was never like, I really want to play guitar, even though I really did. Um, yeah. I actually, when I, when I graduated high school, I tried out to be like one of the graduation speakers. I didn't get it. It made me the alternate. And I was like, why do you have an alternate? Do you think one of your speakers is going to like die on graduation? <laughs> like, why, why am I an alternate? Just tell me I didn't get it. Um, but anyway, the idea I wrote about in my speech that didn't win was having quiet dreams. Um, so it's not really like the dreams that mean a lot to you and are really important, I think, to all. 
water. Oh, but they're almost they're so they're so big that you don't want to see them all out. I know exactly. I you were dreaming in like Charlie Chaplin, like I know exactly. No, 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 no. What you mean? Like, yeah, and that was what music was for me for a couple of years. Like probably when I was like 12, 13, I wanted to do that so badly, but I didn't want to say it. Um, and to my parents' credit, to my parents' credit, they noticed and they got me a guitar for Christmas in eighth grade. Um, then I actually started playing in February because there was kind of like the guitar was kind of broken, but the thought was there. So I started playing in February. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, once I started being able to like actually play guitar, it was so cool. Cause once I learned, I mean like three chords, I could write down. Um, and that was like, I had been writing poetry for so long that it, it felt like a really natural shift. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's this really awesome quote by Loretta Lynn that I think every songwriter should follow. And essentially she says like, don't try to write what everyone else is writing, just write what you know. Yes. Um, and that was really important for me because when I was younger, I would be like, okay, I'm going to write the best love song. But I was like never in love. So they were really bad. Um, <laughs> like obviously like they weren't good songs. So then I started shifting to what am I actually feeling? What, you know, what's happening in my life? And um, obviously at some point you turn to narratives and you're able to write things that aren't about you. But I was able to shift into it by writing things that were happening to me. And one of the first songs that I wrote that I actually thought was good um, was called Money Doesn't Grow on Trees. And that was, I mean, it was totally not about love at all. And that, I think, is a huge Casey Musgrave. Um, oh, yeah. Because Casey, I love her. And she was the first. So, I I mean, Taylor was my girl. But when I heard <laughs> Casey, um, that was like, I remember I was like probably 14. Me and my dad were in Maine. And we went, we were going into this little like sub shop. And I heard Blow and Smoke on the radio. Oh, my God. And I was like, what is this? This is like the coolest thing I've ever heard. And like, thank God country radio happened to play that that one day because they like never played Casey. No, Casey <laughs> pissed them but off like, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, right, right. But that like that was how I found her. Um, and oh my gosh, same trailer, different park. I listened to that probably every yes. day. That's one of my um, favorite albums. Same. It's so good and it's so smart. And that kind of allowed me to write how I wanted to write. Because I was like, oh my goodness. I don't just have to write about these feelings I'm not having. Also, I can write about anything. Like merry-go-round where it's talking about so many different Marys. Oh, like that's crazy. That's that, so good. That mm-hmm. song was pivotal to me in high school because I'm from a very small town yes. and I never felt like I fit in, especially with the whole music thing. And so when I mm-hmm. heard a song on country radio about the bad parts of living in a small town, I was amazed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, yeah. My, my dad loved the album. Like, he loved Sam Tra- Trailer, Different Park. And so he, I mean, he also loved uh, pageant material as well, but he yes. loved Sam mm-hmm. Trailer, Different Park. I remember getting him for Christmas. I, like, took some of my own money out and I surprised him with, like, a t shirt of, like, Sam Trailer, Different Park. So I mm. it, it's such, it's a, such good a good album. album. And her turn of phrase is oh, yes. the best. She's and so what was really amazing, too, is. 
I thought it was like I knew what I was doing was funny at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was so funny. I'm so glad I did that. Um, I would sing "Follow Your Arrow" at like every gig I had, and every time I said the, um, "If you save yourself for marriage, you're a bore. You don't save yourself for marriage, you're a horrible person." Every like it would be like middle aged people at like a restaurant, like they weren't ready for that. <laughs> it would all just would be like, <gasps> they would all gasp, and like I took such joy in singing that line every time it was great that song i brought that song to i brought that song to much of the northeast i tried (laughs) it's a great song it's so good i mean it's just like yeah i mean i think it's also a lot about how she um got rejected from radio stations um like so much just for being herself and just for like playing her own music Yeah. yeah i respect i mean i respect a lot of people but she like good old boys club she comes after them mm, she, she calls does. them out for not playing her and yes i'm like I mean, do it <laughs> she has always been herself totally. and she has never like she's a i mean i i love her she's just great and so talented and i think yeah. the funniest thing i've seen from her on twitter somebody <laughs> tweeted i love casey musgrave's music but her personality seems shitty and she retweeted it and put it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think she actually I think she made merch with that on it too. I think, right. she <laughs> yeah, I think, I think made. she made a hoodie that said that too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. She, she... <laughs> and I also like I'm like, I love her so much. I don't know if I'd want to meet her. Like <laughs> I think I think she would hate me. And I'm fine with that. But I just don't like I'm not gonna let that happen. <laughs> I just need to love her from afar. <laughs> I get that. I get that. She uh yeah. she actually grew up um I think this is like one of the stories she tells, uh, but she grew up in Golden, Texas, which is only about I don't know how many hours away from my from where I'm from, probably about three or four. And she actually uh grew up singing in the she would go to the Fort Worth Stock Show and Radio and sing on the steps of our like uh oh what is it? It's the it's the hall that's down there. I forget what it's called, but like she would come she would travel to different radios and sing a cappella with like this like esteemed oh group. And like one of the places she performed at I mean I never got to see her because obviously I was much, much younger, but like this is when she first started singing. She would sing on the steps of like I think it's the Cowgirl Hall of Fame actually. If I remember correctly, oh they dang! Sing, yeah, they would like <laughs> sing a cappella in this group, which is so cool. That is cool. Mm. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's so cool that you like started out um, listening just like to people on your iPod. Like I feel like that happened to so many of us, and like we're just all connecting. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I, I know. It. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think, what else do you want to? talk about <laughs> what do you want to share with We're the class right. well well yeah so after ray had asked me if i wanted to record music with her and i enthusiastically said yes um we had to obviously sit out and pick what songs we we're going to do and we i kind of landed on six different songs and then we decided it would be best to do two different groups of three in order to kind of maximize listens and People have really short attention spans nowadays. So totally. um, we were like, we'll do a lead single and then a three song. So that's what we're in the very first steps of right now. So Blinked is the first single of 
an EP that's going to be called Unabashedly. Say it again. Um, Unabashedly. That's awesome. Yeah, it means um, being free of like fear, embarrassment, shame. Um, just like being who you are, who you must be. Um, and I thought that was a really beautiful idea and something I wanted to stake my first EP on. Um, and we chose Blinked as the lead single off of it because when I did perform it live, there was a huge reaction to it. And also vocally, it definitely challenges me and has a really catchy kind of, I'm not going to sing it now, but um, you kind of hear it. And like, when I say like, I guess I blinked, I guess I blinked. I say it three times and it gets higher and higher every time. And people really like that. So we're oh, like, cool. cool. We're going to go, awesome. we're going to go blink. Um, so when we went in to record it, <laughs> we were supposed to start recording in March 2020. Um, oh, oh no. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows what happened in March 2020, but that didn't happen. Um, so, I mean, I was home from March to May. Ray was in Greenbrier. Um, and we couldn't work on it, essentially. Um, we had the drummer. He recorded, like, remotely at his house and sent her the tracks. Ray kind of mixed those. We had everything ready to go, but I wasn't in the same location. so. I couldn't come sing and the strings players weren't in Nashville. So we were like, this is kind of a bust. So it got put on hold. We come back um, to school in the fall and we're like, all right, let's hit the ground running. And then it was the hardest semester of our lives. Oh. And we we're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're drowning, but we're going to make this happen. Um, so Blink uh, starts off very acoustic and it's really just me, acoustic guitar singing. And then Ray added in some really cool, uh, just like, what's the word, uh, ambiance, different, uh, some cello, a little bit of electric guitar, um, but just very simple on the first verse. And then it kind of leads into a big build for the chorus. That's when the drums come in. And the first time I heard the drums on it, it I just got so excited because acoustically, like, it, it's a good song, but... um even I hearing it, I'm like, this really needs a kick. Like it needs something to kind of liven it up a little bit. And the first time I heard the drums, I was like, yes, like this is perfect. And it was really like kind of grooving at that point. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see what this becomes. Um, so once we had that down, the next step was Ray putting her electric guitar down. We've already talked about how she's really awesome. I think anybody listening to the song immediately will be impressed by her solo especially in the first and second choruses um yeah it's just it, it makes the song I um but then the next part was the strings and we like I said ever since Ian had played on at that hen house show with the upright bass we were like okay we need a string section on the song it's really sad it'll be a really cool part to have so Ray and I had written the part on like midi violins and stuff on Logic Oh my god! And yes. we kind of like, yeah, we like transposed that into sheet music for these players, and we could only record them one at a time in a studio. Yeah, so we could only record the strings one at a time. So uh, we had to have the cellist, the violin player, and the viola player all come at different times. And here's what happened the night that we were supposed to record strings. Um, Ray texted me around noon. Hey, my girlfriend's dad has COVID. I think I have COVID. Oh, no. I said, oh, um, 
what do I do? And she said, you're going to have to engineer the string session. <laughs> and I was like, um, you are the captain. Okay. Okay. I haven't tracked anything since sophomore year, but okay. Um, cool. And then I'm like kind of freaking out, but I'm like, I got this. I got this. Around like one, I get a text from Ian, my bass player. Hey, I have COVID. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, okay, this is fine. And then Ray and I are texting and she's like, okay, yeah, we just got our test back. Like we have COVID. I'm like, great, 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 great. And she's like, okay, I'm going to text Alex. Now, remember, he was the other guy that took audio one with us because he was important. So she texts him. She's like, hey, Alex, uh, we're tracking for Grace tonight. Can you, she knows what she's doing, but also can you like help her set up because she's not familiar with this And he was like, oh my God, yeah, of course. And we were like, Alex, we will buy you whatever alcohol you want. Like, you're the best. So (laughs) he comes, he essentially helped set up, um, got everything going, which was great because I'm like very proficient with Pro Tools and everything and comfortable with that. But I don't think I would have known how to get everything set up with the interfaces and everything that I wasn't familiar with. So um, that takes a while to learn and even like. Yeah. Yeah, so we get everything up and going, and it actually went really smoothly. And I was like, oh, should I be an audio engineer? No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> You're definitely... like, this is the one thing that's going <laughs> <right." laughs> Wait, no, um, not quite, but it, it was actually pretty smooth. Um, and then Ray, like, painstakingly edited the string. I mean, I don't even know how many hours she must have put into it, but I as the engineer know that there were like 38 takes oh my god oh wow um because there's like three distinct string sections um that each happen and so she mixed all that i i don't even know hours and hours (laughs) damn what was really cool too is my friend tori whitinger was playing cello and so she comes in play the part and then after she's like oh do you want me to just play through a whole take and do some random like ambient stuff and I was like yeah sure if you want to um and she did and we actually ended up using a lot of that in the final take as well um nice you can hear in a lot of the instrumental breaks you just hear really beautiful cello playing and none of that um the string sections that we wrote are like the very frantic haunting bridge that was like the big part that we wanted and that we imagined and I like Ray could not have done a better job editing that I think it's like just so spot on building like this really scary mood to it because the bridge um the lines are the way I feel about you scares the hell out of me I say that twice because like it's building emotion and then um it's it's so frightening and then it leads back into the chorus like Let's see. The way I feel that you scares the hell out of me because I don't know where it leads. You turn me into who I'm meant to be, and that's frightening. It's so frightening. Mm-hmm. And then that I blinked I'm and getting, goes back into the chorus. I cannot wait to listen to this song tonight at 11 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting like, oh my gosh. Taylor Swift haunted vibes. Oh, yes. Oh my God. Cool. Yeah, so it was funny that you said haunted because when we were filming the video the other day, I kind of like got that for a second. I actually said to, I so I filmed it with my friends Molly Tunnel and Danielle and Nikki. Um, I've known them for like three years now. They're a year under me at Belmont and they're two of nice. my best friends. And um, it was such a cool experience to be able to do a music video with them because A, I felt so comfortable. They're like my best friends and B, they're really good at what they do. So um, 
I literally said to them, we're walking along, and I was like, guys, if Haunted had a music video, like, I feel like this would be it. And they were like, That's what? awesome. <laughs> I love when you that like, no. That's one of my um, favorite songs on Speak Now, too, so I'm same. stoked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it's a similar kind of bridgey vibe, and I don't think I did that on purpose, but I will take it. Um, but, yeah, so the video, um, originally they were like, okay, so what's your idea? And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing an enchanted forest. And they were like, okay, do you have any other idea? And I was like, no. And they were like, um, <laughs> nothing. And I was like, maybe like some water. And they were like, okay, can you, anything else? And I was like, yeah, that's all I got guys. And they were like, okay, <laughs> like, where do we go with this? Um, because I've actually learned. Um, that I am really bad at visualizing things. I'm like, <laughs> I I love writing. I love singing. I can, you know, I'm actually not a dancer, so I can't do that. But, you know, like I can move. I can hear things. But um, it's the visualization of things that um, is not my forte. But luckily, I was working with two people who that's literally their job. So they took this non-idea that I had and they were like, all right, let's like work with this. So That's Danielle came up feeling. with this. Yeah. I, Cause I was like, I want it to be cool, but I can't visualize this. <laughs> um, so Danielle, like this and go. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I did the same thing for the cover art too, because I, nice. I, my cousin, my cousin actually painted the cover art. Um, she did a beautiful job. And I, I love that because I felt like I was having someone from like, like my family painting it, it, it just felt really full circle. Um, so I literally drew like the most horrible drawing in the world. And I was like, hey, Lauren, does this work? And she was like, um, I can try, but I have no idea what you just drew. And I was like, okay, can you just do like the Northern Lights and then some kind of trees? And she was like, you just asked me to paint the Northern Lights. That's not like really easy. Oh my <laughs> and I was God. like, okay, just do it. You can't, but she did it and it looks awesome. Um, yeah, share it with us. Yeah, share it on our socials. Um, yeah, for it. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for the video, Danielle came up with this really cool idea about candles. Now, I know it sounds random, but they were talking about the video and they realized we had like water going on and earth and air. And they were like, what if we brought in the fourth like element? What if we use something with fire? Ooh. And I was like, I would love that. I love fire. Not in like an awesome way, but like, you know, I love fire kind of way. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I'm um, a little concerned now. <laughs> yeah, everyone always says that. I just, if, you know, that there's always that one kid who really likes to poke the fire. It was always yes. me. <laughs> um, yeah. But I haven't done anything destructive. So that's great. Um, so we came up, or Danielle came up with this really cool metaphor. Um, so basically in the music video, I wake up in this forest. So the whole idea behind the video is that I'm waking up literally in the dream. So okay. I wake up and a cool fun behind the scenes fact is that it's actually filmed where Ray lives in Greenbrier with her girlfriend. Um, Ooh. they live right next to like six acres of woods and they let us use the woods for the video. That's amazing. Um, it's beautiful. So there's this whole little forest and then a little brook like a little stream that runs through so i said to danielle and molly at the beginning i said 
guys, I just want to let you know I have absolutely no reservations about jumping into this. <laughs> and they were like, you're too excited for this, but okay. So anyway, the candle idea. Um, I wake up in this dream and at the beginning, just like the song is, um, I'm kind of like, what's happening here? Like, it's, it's like an awe kind of way. Like, it's not, nothing bad. It's just like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. I'm kind of confused, but this seems cool. Someone's walking around, like, looking at the trees and just kind of trying to figure out where I am, but not really too stressed about it. And essentially, I come across this candle that's just, like, glowing. It's it's really, like, in a stump. We kind of held it up, but I'm, I'm assuming it'll look cool on the video. <laughs> so I <laughs> I come across this candle and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird because I'm like in nature. Why is there this candle glowing here? Mm-hmm. So I walk up to it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I go to reach out for it and it disappears. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. It doesn't really bother me that much at that point. So I keep walking and I'm still like, wow, like this is a really beautiful little forest. What's going on? And then another candle appears in a different stuff and I'm like oh that's weird like another candle that's like it it wasn't just a one-time occurrence like what could this mean so I look up to it again and I get a little bit closer and then it disappears again I'm like okay this is getting really weird now so I keep walking keep walking and this is when the music starts building and getting more intense and I start running because I'm at this point the whole point of the video is like you wake up in a dream, but is it a dream or a nightmare? So the oh, whole wow. thing starts Ooh. getting scarier and scarier as the music starts building. Because the same with the song, it's really, it's a journey of a song at the beginning. It's like, oh, like, I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going on here. This is very like new for me. And then in the second verse, it's like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. And then the bridge, I'm like, I'm so scared. I don't know what's happening. Um, and that was what we tried to portray in the video. That's awesome. So by the time we're in the bridge, I'm like running through these woods and I come up to this stream and I kind of walk through, look both ways in them. And I see another candle at the end. So I start running towards it. And then since they, since I told them I was totally fine, if I ended up in the river, which again, it's a brook, it's not the river, <laughs> I like fall really dramatically fall and like get it back up and then fall again and I'm like crawling up to this candle and it disappears again and then I'm just like so defeated so like I hate this place I don't want to be here anymore and I'm also like it was really not hard to act at all because I was completely soaked I mean I was like wearing jeans and this like jean jacket and it's completely run over with water and I'm cold so oh, I'm walking dejectedly back up to the hill where we started and we kind of end the video on, I finally get back to the start and this last candle pops up and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but the video closes on me. I finally pick it up and then I blow it out. Oh. Cause I'm like taking, you know, my own, it was, it's kind of a, metaphor I feel like open to how anybody would want to interpret it but the way that I interpret it is that like sometimes you want something really badly but like it might not be what's actually best for you and like if you're the one who's actually able to take charge of yourself and how you feel and like end it or I guess literally blow it out 
that's like way more powerful than just like chasing after this thing that you can never get. I love that though. I mean, that's, that's so smart. Like that, I can definitely see, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I can definitely see how, um, the video definitely builds that and how the song definitely builds to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Like, I love the whole, like, visualization of it and like how it's not you know i i thought it was gonna be like oh like in the woods and like losing your lover like that type of thing obviously the song isn't necessarily that way but like that's so cool i would have never thought about like the candles or anything like that that's so cool yeah i i thought the metaphor she was able to come up with was like just such a cool idea so powerful and like the final like even just filming the final shot of it and like choosing to blow the candle out was like really powerful for us all to film um i can imagine and i yeah and um like i said i'm not good at visualizing things so i'm really glad that i was working with people who can um but it was really cool and it was so much fun to be able to act that out um i had never done a music video before and i don't really act so it was like really just such a cool experience i felt like well i can't wait to see it yeah we're so excited to see it and also all right well i hate to cut you off we kind of got to wrap up here um but definitely check out um not only the song but also the music video the song comes out on february 26th which is super exciting um but yeah and we'll definitely share the music video when it comes out we're eagerly awaiting that yes but thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Uh, we had thank so you guys for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was I great. had so much fun too. Yeah, thank you. Who, who knew? Who knew we would talk about my sixth grade iPod Nano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, that is a cultural experience for our generation. <laughs> it definitely That's is. That's true. That's true. If if you don't receive at least two Lady Gaga songs from your friend's mom's gay. <laughs> yoga friends <laughs> did you live through the 2010s yeah really exactly <laughs> all right well we will definitely catch we'll have to cut i can't talk we'll have to catch up with you next time so yes hi this is grace O'Shea, and you're about to listen to my new song blink somewhere along Something changed for me Open my eyes To what's been going on You made me question everything Touch the brush of your head
This is our last section of our podcast episode. Each take turns like talking about places we love in Nashville, whether it's famous places or places that, you know, we personally love that aren't well known. I'm going to kind of talk about the Ryman Auditorium. It's a favorite for a lot of people for different reasons. When I was a kid, I grew up, I loved country music. I was from a small town and I was just obsessed with like artists and the music industry in general. So I'd watch every award show, every documentary about Nashville with my favorite artists and the Ryman would always come up. It was like the end goal if you were a country artist. Like your dreams, if you got to perform there, your dreams had come true. My first time I ever visited Nashville at 16, my parents took me for spring break. We went to the Ryman and we did the tour. And that was a big reason why I fell in love with Nashville. It was amazing seeing one building with so much history, knowing that so many legends had played on that stage. And that their dreams had come true at that point. And, you know, knowing Johnny Cash kicked out the footlights also gave me joy. And getting to stand there in the circle and get a picture was amazing. And I also got to record like a cover song there. It's like some tourist trap. But it totally had me enamored. And I think about, too, I've went there with my grandparents and took the tour again with them when I was 18 and going to Belmont in Nashville, and I still felt that way. And seeing concerts there, like I've seen some of my favorite artists play there, and it's still, you can tell, it's a different type of venue when these people play there. They are just, you could just tell in their eyes that they are living their dream and they're really enjoying it. And to me, that's everything. Um, one For one instance, I've seen Charlie Warsham play there, and he's known around Nashville, and he has mid-level fame. He's one of my favorite artists. Actually, one of my tattoos is based on one of his songs. But he played his song, How I Learned to Pray, and it was silent. It was just him and a guitar. The crowd was silent and just listening, and things like that only happen at the Ryman where people just listen and enjoy the music. And I think that's why I love it so much. Because, you know, I love concerts. I love all that. But a lot of people go to just drink and dance and have fun, which there's nothing wrong with that. But the vibe at the Ryman is your dreams are coming true and people actually care about what you're singing. And that's why it's one of my favorite places. Yes, it's a tourist trap. Yes, it's so well-known worldwide. It's where the Grand Old Opry originated. But it's more than that, especially if you're interested in music. And I love that. And I hope if you've never been, you get a chance to go. It's definitely worth it. <laughs>